Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me for the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. I'll get you set for the Union College Men's and Women's Hockey Weekend with several interviews. And I'll have my picks for the NFL Playoffs Super Wild Card Weekend. My first guest is Derek Rowland, who was recently named the head coach of the Albany Patroons. It's a homecoming for Rowland, who played for the Patroons during their glory years in the Continental Basketball Association, winning two titles. He also coached the Patroons in the TBL and won a title there. Rowland replaces Will Brown, who had stepped down as head coach and general manager of the Patroons. On Monday, I spoke with Roland, and here is that conversation. Well, Dirk, uh, welcome to the uh, Party Shots podcast. Appreciate a few minutes, and of course, welcome back to Albany. How does it feel to be back with the Patroons? <laughs> well, you know what they say, no place like home, man. Yeah. And uh, feel really good, really comfortable, and I'm excited about this upcoming season. Yeah, you're so, you go back to the beginning uh, – Back in 1982, it's it's over 40 years now. It seems like a, a lifetime ago. But what was it like coming into Albany for the first time as a as a youngster and uh, trying to get your navigate your way through pro basketball? Well, you know, um, it was a, a very exciting time. You know, for me, you know, coming from a, a Division three school, I I had to uh, really really you know, um, focus and work hard and train hard because of the guys I was going up against. It was like almost a dream come true. You know, it was Albany's first year in the, in the league. Uh, uh, we had Phil Jackson in as our coach and, uh, it was big time stuff, man. So, um, I, I just worked my way into a position to succeed, but it was a very, I can remember it like it was yesterday, very exciting, very competitive time. What was it like to play for Phil Jackson? And did you know, when you were coaching, or when you were playing with for him at that time, did you know he he would become what he became as a head coach in the NBA? Well, first to play for him was great. He was a player's coach, the Zen master. You know, we <laughs> yeah. read books, we we held hands, we prayed, we got you know we we you know we talked about the earth and stuff like that, the universe and how it moves and all that stuff, the Zen stuff. Um, no, I had no idea he would win 11 NBA championships because if I did, if I did, I would have went with him. <laughs> so, so, no, I mean, I'm sure nobody saw that one coming, but I knew he was a good coach. He was intelligent. He was a player's coach, and uh, he was a fun guy to play for. Yeah. I, I started my uh, writing career in York, Pennsylvania at the York Daily Record, and I remember Lancaster Lightning used to play in the CBA and I covered a couple games one time. And one time I actually covered a game against the Patroons. And I remember Phil Jackson getting tossed from the game. And it's like, that's my vivid memory of Phil Jackson watching him get <laughs> thrown out of a game at Lancaster McCaskey High School. Yeah, he, uh, he's got tossed out of a few. I mean, he got tossed out of a couple at the Armory, too. You know, I remember I remember when I got traded once. I got traded to Bay State Bombardiers right over in Boston in uh, Worcester, Mass. And uh, my first game back to play the Patrons, he got tossed out. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was an ugly scene. But uh, yeah, Phil, but he was, you know, Phil's a, a great coach. I knew he'd be successful. But again, I didn't know that he would take it to this level. Yeah. So, I mean... 
and you know, for me, you know, after playing for Phil Jackson and Bill Musselman and George Call, you know, hey, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's that's where I get a lot of my philosophy from on how I deal with my players and how I run my show. So, um, a lot of that is still in me. Yeah, I mean, you had, I, I, I guess it's fair to say, a diverse coaching influence with between Phil Jackson, Bill Musselman, and George Carr. What did all th- three of them teach you? What did you learn from them? Well, well, well uh, Phil, um, you know, again, he was the Zen. You know, he was, you know, he talked about the number of shots from the outside, how important that is to, to control the flow on the inside. You know, all the, all the stuff that <laughs> that regular people don't take, think about. Phil was always doing that, um, always thinking outside the box. Um, George Call was was a was a great X's and O coach. Um, you know, North Carolina, Seattle. You know, he's done a lot of great. He's he's coached at a very high level, so he was a very very intelligent coach as well. Um, he was a little bit more freestyle. He, you know, he you know it was easy to play for George. He wasn't you know um, you know if you make a mistake you know uh, it's okay. He wasn't okay, but he you know he kind of went with it. He was you know he was that kind of guy. You didn't have to look over your shoulder playing for George Call. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Bill Musselman he had to look over both shoulders and and, and and check under the bed. He was relentless. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was relentless. And, and, you know, his relentlessness, um, you know, he once wrote on the blackboard, um, losing is worse than dying because when you lose, you got to live with it. You yeah. know? So he, uh, he was very intense. His playbook was one of the greatest playbooks probably ever put together with, with 500 plays in it. And um, he just went out and he just wanted to kick the shit out of the opponents. And he had no mercy. And, and, and that's how he coached. And that's how, and, and he was a very successful coach um, in his lifetime. What was it like playing at the Army during that era? Because I, I, I came up here in 1990 and I heard all the stories about how you know, rabid the fan base was watching patroons there. It was, it was a great atmosphere, man. Family friendly kids you know it brought it brought the whole city together standing room only i mean you know that year we played with muscleman our sports illustrated was traveling with us i think we had like a 21 game win streak you know going for the 30 game win streak that's set by the lakers you know so we had sports illustrated traveling with the team and writing articles and it, it was it was it was great man um it, it brought the city together in a in a great way um, I still see people today that remember those days um, and just uh, are so thankful that they had a chance to experience that here in Albany. What is it about this area that keeps you coming back? Well, you know, I got a lot of family here. My friends are here. My children are here. You know, um, I'm very familiar with how the Armory operates and works. Uh, I'm very familiar with the players in my region, you know, uh, and it's just, a, it's, it's a, it was like a easy decision for me to accept this position, you know, because I, I'm so familiar with it. I put most of my adult life into the patrol organization. And, um, so it's, it's kind of fitting that I have another chance at it. When that job opened up, when Will Brown stepped down a, a few weeks ago, I mean, how did the uh, contact, if, did you contact them? Did the, the patrons contact you? How'd that come about? Well, I was already in contact with them because I was planning on doing something else for the organization. You know, they wanted me to to go to the schools and speak to the kids and, and you know, talk to my sponsors and do all the stuff that I normally do um, um, with Will Brown being the head coach. I was already willing to do that. And uh, when he decided to stop down, then that door opened for me. So um, 
thank God I, I was able to to become the head coach. Yeah, of course, you coached the Patroons previously, won a, uh, getting to the championship series in the uh, TBL in um, 2019, uh, 2018, and uh, uh, or actually 20, yeah, 2019. I mean, what is it? Talk, talk about this league, the, the basketball league. Uh, it's I mean, it's, it's it's spread around the country, and uh, yeah, it seems like the, the, between that and the NBA G League, the minor basketball uh, uh, leagues have exploded. Yes, definitely. You know, the TBL has grown. When I first started in this, in the it was uh, it was you know had another name. I think it was uh, the Northeast Basketball Association or something like that. Um, they were like only 12 teams. Now it's up to about 50 teams spread all across the country. It's great because um, if you got 12 teams and you got 10 guys on a team, I mean, if you got 50 teams and you got 10 guys on, that's 500 jobs for players to continue to play and, and with ambitions of moving up to the European uh, League or the D League or the NBA. Um, so it's a lot of talent spread around uh, throughout the country. Um, me with the Albany, I made it to the championship in 2018. I lost to Yakima, mm-hmm. and then we returned the following year, and we beat Yakima in the championship. So um, I've had a lot of success here with the Patroons uh, uh, in the TBL. Um, but the TBL is, is steady growing. You know, it's growing at a fast rate. So it's a, David and Evelyn Magley have done a great job, you know, with their, uh, Carnell Wiley and, and his wife. They've done a great job as far as building the league and keeping it competitive and keeping and keeping players working and, and coaches working. So I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, because when you played, it was just the CBA and nothing else. NBA did not have a development of right. a minor league right. system. Now that they do, I mean, how, how much is that? help the growth of basketball? How much does that help the sport? Oh, it's definitely great for the, you know, for the growth of the sport. You know, you got a lot of kids playing early. There's a lot more places to play. When I played, there were only 23 NBA teams in one league, the CBA. So I had uh, two first NBA first round draft choices on my team. I had, I had, you know, some major players that I played with um, with the between Michael Ray Richardson, Michael Brooks, Rick Carlisle, Scotty Brooks, Lowe's Moore, all these guys were on the same team <laughs> with Musselman. So um, it was it was a very uh, uh, it was very difficult to make a roster in those days because it was only 23, 23 NBA teams and the rest of the guys were left to play in the CBA. So we had a lot of talent down here. So. Um, it's just been great, you know, uh, again, you know, I expected to see it grow even a lot more, you know, um, it's getting bigger and it's getting better and uh, a lot of good things are happening in the TBL this season. Yeah. What are your goals for this season? Well, you know, uh, number one is to, is to, is to have a successful season. When I say successful, I mean from the organization, from the community, and just from the business side of it. You know, you got because if you if you're not successful with the team, um, there's not going to be a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just want to. I hope that we can get the fans out, we can get the sponsors on board. You know, we can sell some tickets, some season tickets, and those are the kind of things to keep us around. Uh, uh, the ownership, Rebecca and Sam Clifford, uh, Joe, uh, those guys. Uh, you know, they need some help. They need some help. You know, it's hard for one family or two families to run this organization. We need the city. We need the police. We need the fire. We need the, we need everybody. We need the school systems to get involved, which we are heavily involved with. Uh, I have a, 
a, a program set up to where the players and myself will be attending the school at least two two times to three times uh, on a weekly basis, visiting the kids and helping them out. And, you know, just so um, I just want to see that happen, along with winning the championship. You know, that's the people throw that word around pretty lightly, but to win a championship is a very difficult thing to do. A lot of things got to fall in place. You know, uh, all your players have to stay healthy. You know, it's just a lot of the ball has to bounce in your court. So, um, and just being successful here, you know, winning the championship is the ultimate goal. But I just want, I just want the owners to have a fun year. I want the organization to be solid, and I want the players um, to to have a great experience, and I want the fans to to get that experience that a lot of them had back in the day. Yeah, of course. You know, those are my goals. Yeah, of course. The team went to the championship uh, series this past uh, last season. Uh, right. Just fell falling mm-hmm. short. So, I mean, you, do you do you feel some pressure? to try to at least get there again and, and win it this time? Well, I, I wouldn't use the word pressure because you know, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, um, uh, anyway, just because I'm a competitive person and I've always been successful um, as far as basketball goes from college to my playing days to my coaching career. I've been fortunate enough to win a college national championship. I won European Cups. I won TBA, uh, CBA and TBL championships as players and as coach. So um, the pressure is just automatically built in. You know, I, I think we have a good chance um, to get back to the top. Um, again, a lot has to go right to win a championship. Uh, they came close last year. Um so, you know, I'm just going to do the best I can, you know. I I think my resume um, as a, in this league and in the CBA kind of speaks for itself. I don't think I have to do too much more to solidify myself um, in this in this um, area. So I'm just going to do the best I can. And I know if I do the best I can, um, we will be in a good position. I know we talked before we went on the uh, start the taping this podcast but uh, uh, talk about uh, when the practices start uh, and when we get going for the season uh, first uh, training camp will be January 22nd it'll be a, a, a workout at the Army that's a Sunday morning um, $50 per player is what we charge it. It's not a lot. It just takes care of the event that they get jerseys and they get refreshments. Um, that starts on the 22nd. I'm looking for 15 to 20 guys. Uh, a lot of local kids that have expressed interest in playing for the Patroons. One thing about me is I always keep a local flavor. You know, if you got a pro team in your city, it's, it's sure makes sense for to, to have a local player or two. So I'm looking for that. I'm trying to fit that role um, for the Patroons. Uh, uh, and once we have that, if you're good enough, to, if you show up in that camp and play well, I'll invite you back on February 18th to the veterans camp, which is all the veterans, the guys that I played in the league, the guys that I know from my travels in this league, with the new rookies and, you know, former players. And we put everybody together and I chop it down to 12 players. And that's the team we're going to put on the floor. How can uh, people who are interested in trying out uh, get a hold of you for that uh, first tryout? Okay, well, what you can do is you can you can you can reach me, you can shoot me a, uh, uh, you can give me a call at five one eight three three one three zero seven five, or you can reach me at uh, Albany, uh, excuse me, Coach Albany Patrons Basketball dot com. Coach at Albany Patrons Basketball dot com. Okay, well, Derek, I appreciate a few minutes. Good luck this season, and hope to uh, run into you during the season. Hey, hey, thanks a lot, man. And anything you need or any any time, man, my, my, my line is open to you. We'll talk union men's and women's hockey next. You're listening. 
to the Parting Shots Podcast. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is RPI Men's Hockey Head Coach Dave Smith. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. Tuesday was the weekly media availability for the Union men's and women's hockey teams. Let's start with the Dutchmen. They are coming off home ice losses to Cornell and Colgate. They get set to play games at Brown on Friday and at Yale on Saturday. Their road record isn't good. Just 1-9-1. Of greater concern is the health of Union senior goalie Connor Murphy, who nearly left last Saturday's game against Colgate because of cramps. It's been an issue for Murphy for most of the season and caused him to leave two games. The Hudson Falls native stayed in against Colgate. And I began my questions with Murphy about that. And there were questions about Union's road woes. Also on the dais were forward Liam Robertson and defenseman Cullen Ferguson. Connor, let's begin with you. Saturday night, you look like you were really hurting. as probably the worst, at least the games I've seen you play here. How bad were you feeling, and how close were you to coming out of that game? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was struggling a little bit there towards the end, but um, I mean, I was in my head, I was staying in the whole game. I it's just it's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to have to come out again, but you know, obviously, there's a point where you know I kind of think to myself, like, do I need to come out? Like, if it gets worse, then I'm gonna have to come out, but. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating at times, but I'm trying to work on like talking to people, talking to doctors, and trying to figure out what the what the problem is here, and you know trying to tackle it head on still. And um, you know I'm still trying to find some answers, but I'm I'm working towards it and trying to I'm figuring some stuff out. So. Yeah, you you got down on both your knees at one point, and you, and Shelf comes out to talk to you, and you know, we see Kyle getting ready to you know, just in case. And what was the conversation like between you and Cheryl? I mean. Did, did you tell her you want to stay in? Yeah, I mean, she she just informed me. She's like, if it's if it's bad, then we're gonna have to take you out. And I said I'll be all right. Like I just need a minute to, you know, to loosen up a little. But um, yeah, obviously, you know, if I do need to come out, I have full faith in Kyle. I think everybody does. So it's it's good that we have somebody that is able to jump in if we need him to. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said before, it's still pretty frustrating that it keeps happening. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to get over it. Yeah, you mentioned the frustration, and it's like you wonder you didn't have this problem at all last year, right? Um, it happened one one game against St. Lawrence at home, and then um, one year, one game before the or the year before, sorry, 
and this year it's been happening a lot more than it ever has before so it's starting to become a an area of concern for me but um like i said i'm still trying to figure out get some answers you know you i think we you know talked earlier about your diet we've not drinking enough water you're eating the right foods i mean at what point do you just say why yeah i mean i've been asking myself the same question for months now um but you know that's why i'm talking to professionals about it doctors i just had a doctor's appointment yesterday and uh, I got a lot of good information so I got some steps moving forward that hopefully will work in the future and uh, you know some short term and some long term so we'll, we'll see where it goes from here but hopefully it goes in upward direction. Colin what did it say about Connor that he actually stayed in that game I, I think he even made a, like a 2-1 save, save at one point while, while he was battling the cramps what does it say about and staying in that game. I mean, yeah, like none of us are surprised by it. The whole team's got full confidence and faith in Murph. And I mean, like, you know, the guy never quits on a, any of us and he'll never quit on a play. Um, that's why he's got to see on his chest. That's why all the boys believe in him and the coaching staff believes in him. And it doesn't surprise me at all. It just speaks to his character. And I mean, he's going to fight right to the final buzzer. And like he said, though, like he's smart enough where like it, if it gets to the point where he can't keep going, then he'll pull himself out. Like that's just being smart, right? Like, you can't just keep on going forever until it's at the point where it's like, all right, I could actually hurt myself or hurt the team, and he understands that. And I mean, of course, like he he's like a tough kid, and he fought through. So, Liam, yeah, Colin said everything. I think uh, Murph battles for us every day, whether it's in practice or in games, and uh, we know he's going to give us his all. And if uh, this happens, it's, it's completely up to him. We got faith in him, and with every every decision he does, but uh, he's battling for us every day, and we're trying to do the same for him. You guys uh, head on the road to Brown and Yale. The road has not been kind to you guys this year. One nine and one, Liam. What do you got to do to turn things around here? I just think it's our preparation. I think we need to prepare a little bit better. Um, Getting the mindset to go on the road. I know our record doesn't um, look so great on the road, but uh, I think we just got to put that behind us and just play the way we know we can, the way we've been playing at home, and uh, and to take that to the road. And I think it'll be kind of us. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, you could say, like, all the stats you want, but at the end of the day, like, it's two fresh games that are ahead of us, and I think, like, at the end of the day, it comes down to the preparation we have during the week, and honestly, I'm fully confident we had a great practice today, great practice yesterday, we're moving forward, and we're taking big strides, and I think it's going to go well for us, I'm really confident heading into the weekend, and I'm confident in my team, so... What do you guys feel the offense is right now at this point in the conference portion of the schedule? The offense? Um, yeah, I mean, like, we just need to shoot the puck more. We worked on it today, and we got to have more of a shooter's mindset. Right now, I think we're really passive, and we keep passing the puck off to somebody else, and we just need guys to start shooting the puck more. Um, I think, like, that's where our goals have come from, is shooting the puck and then getting to the net. Like, that's union hockey. You know, having that wolf pack mentality at the net, banging bodies around, getting pucks in the net. So I think we just need to shoot the puck and get it to the net more. Um, like, we play we play teams like UNH, and, like, yeah, they get 30 shots, but their shots are from, like, the blue line. They walk over the red line and shoot one in. Like, I think uh, the shots we've been getting are quality chances. Um, I think we just need to do it more often. Like, get like get bodies to the net and then get the puck in the net. So, yeah. Uh, you guys, like I said, you guys are on the road. Yale, Brown and Yale, they're coming off uh, Brown upsetting Merrimack on Saturday. Yale almost pulled off the upset. And you know, those teams have not really been playing well. So how important is it to go down there, get a jump on these guys, and uh, you know, take advantage of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Brown is uh, their one place behind us right now. But, I mean, 
this game is a big deciding game to, to see who, who jumps up in the standings. So um, they're both two huge games for us, specifically the Brown game. And, you know, we're, uh, we're right now we're just focusing on Friday and trying to trying to make sure we're prepared for that, like both Liam and Colin said. And, uh, you know, another thing about the offense, I think, is that, you know, from a goalie's perspective, um, when there's traffic in front of the net, it's very difficult to, to see the puck. And it can't stop the puck if you can't see it. So um, I think getting bodies in front of the net and, you know, like, like Colin said again, just uh, the wolf pack mentality. I think that's going to really bring us a long way in, in the long run. Yeah, Liam, I, I, I think one particular you know, power play has been struggling a little bit there. You had that five-minute major uh, that carried over in the third period on Saturday, and I, I think it was toward the end of that um, second period where Prokop had a two-on-one. Looked like he had a shot to, to take, and he ended up passing it to uh, Chaz, and I think he was ready for it. So how important is it you get a two-on-one like that to actually just shoot the puck and maybe get a rebound and, and get a greasy goal that way? It's the most important. I think shooting the puck should always be the, the first option on a two-on-one. And even without the rebound, I think uh, it's a two-on-one. I think you're shooting to score. I think that's the first and foremost. And if there's a rebound, you start banging it home. But, uh, yeah, I think we need to get more shots, and it starts with two-on-one simple ones like that where – we need to start shooting the puck and putting it on net and hitting the net, not missing the net, but uh, even creating those rebounds, like you said, but uh, shooting to score most importantly. Colin, yeah, I mean, with the road record, you know, three of the toughest games you guys have had have been on the road, the two UMass games and the Quinnipiac game. Is it, when you get to that point where it's, it's, a, it's a, a blowout, do you guys lose confidence? or you, What do you try to do to you know, not try to let games get out of hand? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we lose confidence. Um, it, it definitely gets to a point where, like, you're playing for your pride. And honestly, like, in the third periods, like, it's not like we've just given up or anything like that. Like, we play to, like, the final buzzer. Obviously, like, it doesn't show like that on the scoreboard. But at the end of the day, like, the most important thing is these boys play for each other. Uh, we play for one another, like, right to the final buzzer, which I think is really important when you're looking at, like, the long run. Um, it's not like we're, like, lashing out on each other on the bench we're losing our composure. I think at the end of the day, like, we stick to together as a unit. Um, you know, we're not taking any dumb, stupid penalties at, like, the end of a game. Like, we're not trying to fight the other team after we just get blown out. Um, I think, like, having, like, short-term memory loss and moving on to the next weekend. Like, that's all that matters. Like, honestly, I haven't really even thought about the UMass or Quinnipiac weekend in a while. Um, like, at the end of the day, like, we're going to play Yale and Brown. That's all that matters, so... When you guys look at Brown and what they bring to the table, what kind of stands out to you? Um, with Brown, I mean, I think they have, like, a lot of skilled guys. Like, and they just put up six goals against Merrimack, so, and they did that from getting the puck on net. So, I think we need to box out and help Murph see pucks. Like he just said, like, when you're a goalie and you can't see the puck and there's a screen in front of you, like, it's going to be hard. And then I think we need to throw right back at them. Like, I think uh, we got some guys who are really good at getting to the front of the net, and then we got to shoot pucks and get bodies to the front so like I think uh, that'll be like the biggest thing and um, yeah I think Brown's got some skilled guys but um, yeah I don't know I think we, I believe in like a fours that we have and I think they got skill too and at the end of the day like they can get the job done and help us out on the weekend so next up is Dutchman head coach Josh Halgie and I started the questioning with about Connor Murphy Josh let's start with the uh, Connor Murphy situation um 
he's, he talked about he, he's frustrated by this whole situation. I mean, is it, is it frustrating for the team that the, he keeps going through this uh, cramping situation? Yeah, I think it's frustrating that you just feel bad for him. I mean, someone's got to go through this, and he's uh, you know important piece for us. So you'd you'd like everybody to feel you know perfect all the time. Uh, but you know, we have other guys that have bumps and bruises that they kind of got to deal with, and you know, he's got to deal with this. And we're here to support him any way we can. Yeah, still looking back, I mean, if looking at the tape of the game, I mean, is it, does it still amaze you he stayed in that game? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think too many guys would have. So just the, uh, you know, for him to have the ability to fight through that and, um, you know, persevere through some, you know, I, it looked extremely painful, and but he's a tough kid, and, you know, we appreciate him fighting for us. You guys are set to hit the road uh, at Brown and Yale. The road record has not been... Uh, good one nine and one uh what do you got to do to turn that around well i i think that you know for for us it's a good time to get on the road and, and you know bond together and um you know really try to try to find a way um you know each game's a little different so um our, our past road record doesn't mean we're, we're doomed so i i think just staying positive try to jump on them early and get the lead and then i think we're a better team when we're playing out front the Brown and Yale went to both went to Burbank. Yeah, Brown upset some Yale probably should have. Yeah. Uh, so is that even more concern going down there this weekend, knowing that they're coming off of two impressive games? Yeah, they're playing well, so it's it's we definitely got to be ready to go. And um, you know, at the same point, it's a good wake up call for us that you know that that they are good teams, and and we got to be dialed in. At this point, the season coach, um, do you feel like this team is definitely poised to make a big turn as you head to the latter part of the conference schedule? I, I think that you know it's we're starting to come together a little bit. I've been you know pleased with the the practice this week, and um, you know I, I think it's we're we're set up to to be able to make a run. We just gotta you know keep building and you know take each day you know as as a as a task at hand and, and you know try to improve that way. Um, I, I think for us it's consistency and it's you know going into some different environments and finding ways to win. I also imagine that you know wanting to say ahead of Brown and the uh, standings is at the top of your mind. Soccer is getting a win as well. Yeah, I, I think for us we're chasing some teams, and some teams are chasing us right now. We gotta we gotta do our part to pull away from teams underneath us and try to catch some of those teams above us. Some of the toughest games you guys have had, the, the plus have all come on the road to two UMass games and the Quinnipiac game. What do you have to do I mean, to avoid that and and to get the game it's out of hand? What do you got guys got to do to maybe not Look like you're giving. I, I should be careful. You know, giving up or you know, try to you know, keep yeah. you know, your head in the game. Yeah, I think we we've we've been prone to feeling sorry for ourselves when something goes bad. And I think you know sometimes when you have a, a younger group of guys and a you know group kind of bonding together, you're looking for you know how can you you know turn the momentum. And um, for us uh, on the road, it's it is a little bit more difficult. You got you know people going crazy, and you know it's. It's it's us just growing up as a team and, and finding a way to fight through some adversity and um, you know again not feeling bad for ourselves when something you know you know puck goes in the net because it, it does happen. In terms of the way that the team you know has shown toughness over the course of the season, coach, uh, with your confidence level in them to be restrained along some more wins by and by doing so building more confidence on offense. I I feel really good about about the group I, li- I like all the pieces we have and we're just you know he's got to put it together and you know um you know we can't you know, can't go on a big winning streak without getting that first one so i think you know for us it's finding a way to win on friday night and then you know 
um, you know, focusing on in on Saturday. But again, like I think that if you talk to the majority of the guys, everybody feels really good about the group. It's just you know, growing up a little bit and finding ways to win hockey games. Has the season gone the way that you kind of expected it to in your first um, season here at Union, or have you just been kind of like taking it one day at a time and just trying to not get too far ahead of yourself? I, I definitely have been trying to take it one day at a time, but you know, it, it's hard not to you know look at it as you know the season as a whole. I think there's been some positives. I think there's some games that maybe you know maybe we could have found a way to win, and you know that would have been you know be nice to you know pull off an upset to or two or um you know but early on we were we were up against it with a heavy road schedule and a you know a, a, a really tough non-conference schedule uh, i was proud to be able to get back to 500 in out of conference and you know now we got to find a way to do it in conference chris theodore came here um he won the atlantic hockey player of the year award last year he starts the season off with a three assist game against RIT, but since then the points have been tough to come by. You uh, put him on as the extra skater on Saturday's game, Saturday's game against Colgate. Uh, talk about his game. Why, why do you think he's been struggling? Do you think he's been frustrated that the, that the points haven't been coming? Well, I, I think Chris provides a ton for us. You know, whether he's whether he's scoring or not, like he's he's a leader in the locker room. He's a guy that. Um, you know, just has such a positive energy about him. So I, I would never know that he's not, you know, happy. I mean, he, maybe he's a little frustrated that he hasn't pointed as much as he has uh, in the past. But, you know, he, he generates a lot, and he, he's always he's always fun to be around. You, like you said, you put him on the eyes of the extra skater against yeah. Kobe. Was that a message to him or just a message to the team or both? I think it's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everyone. You know, hey, if, if we're going to put Chris as the extra forward, we can do it to anybody. And, um, you know, he, he missed a couple shifts early in the game, but by the end of the game, he was out there in, you know, key situations. And, um, you know, he, he was still on our power play and, and going, um, you know, going for us. Um, but, yeah, right now we're we're trying to, you know, develop a little bit more of an identity offensively and um, was just trying to shake it up a little bit. I mean, I guess maybe the frustrating point there in the third period on that power major power play that he gets a shot and stops, and, of course, Nixon with the rebound, that stopped too. I mean, it seems like that's been the way he's been going for Chris. Yeah, I think he's just, you know, one play away from really turning it around. It's it's funny, you know, goals come in bunches, and, you know, usually when a, you know, a highly skilled forward gets one, and usually it's not the most pretty one that gets him turned around. I expect that it'll they'll come in bunches for him. What led you to um, bring him here? Uh, I... <coughs> I, I didn't think we would get him, to be honest. Like, so it was a little bit of a gift, and I think, um, you know, he's he's a good person. He's a good teammate. He's somebody that's gonna, you know, whether whether we win every game the rest of the way out or lose every game, he's he's establishing the culture here and um, helping us build a program. Do you think if he gets uh, a couple goals in the consecutive games, that'll open the floodgates for him? I, I think so. I think he's just, you know, like I said, I think it's one play away and. You know, I have all the confidence in the world that that play will be Friday night. Coach, Sean Martin with the Times Union. Quick question. The struggles on the road, do you have to take any additional safeguards to not make it a bigger thing than you wanted to with the team? Or or is that a non-issue and you guys just roll along day by day and game by game? Hey, I mean, I think it's we're aware of the fact that, you know, like we haven't had as much, much success um, on the road, but I mean, our, our one win was against Clarkson, which is a difficult place to play, and um, you know, getting wins there is not, it's not easy. So I, 
I know I know we have the ability to to win anywhere. When you look at the UConn game where we, you know, technically it's uh, it's a loss, but like you you take them to overtime in five on five, and that's again a you know a really talented team. So I do believe that we have you know the ability to win anywhere, and um, I think the guys believe that as well. I spoke separately with forward Chris Theodore. I wrote a story about him in Thursday's print edition of the Gazette and online at dailygazette.com. I hope you can check that out. Theodore played at American International last season and was the Atlantic Hockey Player of the Year. He got off to a great start with Union, collecting three assists in the season opener against RIT. But he has two goals and seven assists in 21 games this season. He had been playing on the top line with Nate Hanley and Kenny Vegas. But Theodore was promoted to the extra skater for the Colgate game last Saturday. Theodore talked about that on Tuesday. It seems like the points haven't come for you. How frustrating has this season been for you? Yeah, obviously it hasn't been the season I've wanted and the team's wanted. Um, Sometimes, like, especially as a skilled player, sometimes you're doing the right things, you're making plays happen, the puck's just not going in the net, or you're setting up guys and they're not scoring. It just happens like that. So, um, yeah, it's been frustrating for me and uh, a little bit stressful, too, because it's obviously not the year I want and not, not the expectation I hold, but there's still a lot of season to be played, and I know that I know that there's, there's still time to, to do what I'm capable of because I know I can make an impact in this league and on for this team. What's the confidence level like for you right now? Honestly, confidence has never been an issue for me. Um, the plays are coming, like holding on to the puck I'm doing the right things and I know that eventually it's just going to click for me but obviously like you said it's been frustrating and not the standard I hold myself to this year so far you got um, pushed to down I don't want to say the motor might be too strong word but you got moved to the extra skater for Saturday's game uh, against Colgate was do you think coach was sending a message or you know he, he shook the lines up for that game but do you think he was sending a message maybe to you or, or the team I think I think a little bit of both I think uh, we have too much skill, too many good players in that room to be playing the way we are. And I think that it's a little bit of a wake-up call for a lot of guys, especially for myself, to like get going. But I feel like we're a lot better than our record showed. And I feel like we'll, we'll prove it down the line that we're, we're, we're a good team and we could be good when we want to be. We just got to fix some things up. So. Uh, it was during that major power play in the third period where you got a shot from the right circle. Uh, their goal, Colgate goaltender made the save, and then Nixon got the rebound, and goaltender slides over. Is that the kind of thing that's frustrating to you? Because it looked like you, you had a great shot, and goalie stands on his head there. It's it's kind of been the it's kind of been the story of the year, really. There's a lot. There's been a lot of times like that this year, and uh, see, for me as a skilled player, everyone views my my game through my points and the kind of my goals and my assists but really sometimes it just doesn't happen that way sometimes the puck's not rolling it's happened happens to great players sometimes and just it's frustrating for sure but you just got to keep going and don't worry about that stuff yeah you heard a couple of the guys you're talking about maybe play away from the puck and you, you've been playing well with that they were they saw that and how important is it to you know still play well away from the puck and not let uh, the offensive slump affect your game yeah, that's always been something I've been trying to work on through my college career, and I know that going to the next level, that's always something i got to work on. So just been f- trying to focus on that more this year. But I've realized that when you focus on those things and doing the little things right, whether it's forechecking harder, like getting in shooting lanes, the offense comes. And it's just 
I just got to keep doing the little things right, and hopefully right now it will start clicking a little bit. But, yeah, I think that uh, doing the little things right will lead to more often, so that's never been a worry for me. So if you get maybe you get a couple this weekend, you think that will open the floodgates a little bit? I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Uh, I mean, the last couple of games I finally started to, like, produce a little bit more offense. I feel like I've been waiting for the floodgates to open. I think it's just a matter of time. And there's still a lot, a lot of time left in the season. There's still – 13 plus games left with playoffs like we're, we're just halfway through the year so i feel like it once it clicks hopefully as the floodgates will open why did you uh, choose union after leaving aic um for me it came down to opportunity and i wanted to go to where like a program and try to grow a program and honestly with the coaches staff coming in howie and lenny i just felt comfortable with them and I've heard through the, through the grapevine with a lot of friends I had that Howie was um was a great coach, and honestly, Union's always been like when even when I was younger, always one of the schools I wanted to go to. I had a couple of buddies come here from Montreal, so I always had my eye on them. And then when Howie offered me the opportunity, and he said there's gonna be a great opportunity for here for you at Union, and obviously the academics here, I kind of was a no-brainer for me. You have what? How many years of eligibility you have left? Technically, I have one more one more year left. Um, I haven't really talked about it with my parents or anything about what I'm going to do next year. I'm kind of just focusing on this year and trying to do the best I can here, and then we'll see uh, at the end of the year what happens. Can you talk about the difference between playing in East AC hockey compared to Atlantic hockey? Yeah, I think I think the I think the Atlantic hockey gets a lot of flack. Um, it's still a good still a very good division obviously ECAC is a lot more defensive a lot more structured to it but I don't think that's like it's been an issue it's been more just finding my rhythm a little bit but yeah it's been it's been a great jump and I think the ECAC hockey is like very apparent of like how it can lead to like pro hockey I think it's very equivalent like you watch pro hockey it's tight it's fast and I think ECAC hockey has been like a great challenge so far how would you describe uh, your style of play? I'd say I'm I'm an exciting player, skilled. I try to play fast. Um, I I'd say I'm more of a playmaker than a shooter. So yeah, but I I'd say yeah, I'd say I'm a skilled guy. I'm trying to work on the other parts of my game right now, but I'd say yeah, I'm a skilled guy, fast. Who would you um, idolize growing up? Patrick Kane was always a guy I've, I've watched. Um, just the way he plays, the way he like, thinks the game, holds on to the puck, his poise. So he's always someone I've watched. More recently, um, it's crazy because he's a couple years younger than me, but Cole Caulfield has been someone i kind of been looking up to a little bit, even though he's four years younger than me. But um, just just the way, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of smaller guys have always gotten, like, been looked past a little bit. So for him to do what he's doing at the NHL level, it, it opens up, like, eyes to scouts like smaller guys can still play the game and still be successful at the higher level so he's been a kind of a guy i've been i've been happy with the way he's doing it because it helps out younger uh, other guys like me has size ever been an issue for you and you talk about size there yeah um not really i think like growing up like everyone was like okay he's not gonna not gonna make the next level and then i jump up to the next level and been successful so i think for me it's always been like something that back of my head everyone's been kind of doubting me but i never really listen to that i kind of like went on the ice and let my play do the talking so but yeah it's always been there it's just i've been able to overcome it all these years
The Union Women's Hockey Team returns to Mesa Rink this weekend with games against St. Lawrence on Friday and 10th Ray Clarkson on Saturday. Last weekend was a rough one for the Dutch women on the road. They dropped a 7-2 decision to Cornell and then were routed by Colgate 10-0. How do the Dutch women bounce back? Your head coach Josh Skiba and players Solis Bowden and Meredith Killian. Okay, um, Josh, you had a, you go into Col- Cornell Colgate, and it was a rough weekend. Let's, let's be honest. What happened, and how do you learn from that? Um, I think you know being outscored seventeen to two is certainly not what we want for for the culture of our team, right? It's not how we want to play. Uh, certainly not acceptable on Saturday to, to get beat 10 nothing, uh, no matter who we play, right? So I think we want to continue to improve. I think um, when we looked at the weekend, I think uh, the difference in, the, in both games, I thought, for us was just how good we were with our sticks and how heavy we can play. I think that's something that we want to improve on. Um, I think our defensive zone coverage on Saturday needed to improve some of our details. Uh, we did a lot of flybys. We did some things defensively that we want to improve on. And I think on Friday, you know, we tried to take a few positives from it. We only gave up really one defensive zone goal on Friday against Cornell. They scored a lot off the transition, um, you know, just a kind of a fluke goal off a face-off, some different opportunities, you know, shorthanded. But um, I think we, w- we did some really good things defensively Friday. Uh, we had some great chances to score over the course of the weekend. We've got to find ways to finish for sure. Um, we expect more from, from our group from that way. Um, but, yeah, certainly a weekend that we, I think, want to take some, some of the positives and grow and build on. Um, but a lot of the things that we didn't do well, we want to learn and, and be better at. Celeste, I mean, you know, you go into that series coming off, you know, the record-setting effort against St. Michael's. I mean, how do you bounce back from this? Um, I think as competitors and as natural athletes, we're all eager to bounce back and kind of come to the next weekend and prove that we're a lot more than what we just showed. Um, I think after having a bit of a disappointing weekend, we're all just really pumped to get back out there and just kind of prove to the league that that was just a bad weekend and it's not something that will be repeated. Yeah, I think we have a group that has a short memory and can balance that with figuring out how to learn from our past experiences. And I think that it's going to be good to go into this weekend with a little bit of grit and a little bit of desire to get back and compete and prove a point almost and learn from last weekend and capitalize. Josh, you go up against the St. Lawrence team that you lost in the final second up there. Um, if you had a chance to look at the video of that game again, what what do you have to do? I mean, obviously other than score goals, I mean, it seemed like it was an outstanding game. You just couldn't get that goal, but what's it going to take to, to score on them? I think more of the same. I think we had a lot of really good opportunities to score there. I thought we played probably our most complete game of, of the year uh, when we played at St. Lawrence. I thought um, we just need to finish our opportunities, honestly. I thought we were good defensively. We were good offensively. We created chances. Um, special teams were good. You know, we shut down their best players for, for the better part of the game. Um, and I think our group has a lot of confidence going into this game, knowing what happened last game as well. So I have full faith that we'll be ready on Friday. Celeste, how important is this game you know, for ECAC you know, standing purposes? Oh, it's huge. I know we're neck and neck in the standings. They're right ahead of us. And I think also just having that hunger from losing in that final second last time is also going to be really big this weekend. We all want to push forward and get the three points uh, in regulation. Earth, how important is it to get the jump on them, get some goals early, and you know, have, you know, be in control of the game? I think it's huge to get that jump early. But at the same time, I think that our group this year has proven that we're really good at bouncing back despite what happens with the score and despite if we go down or up first. So... I think just having a mentality that we're coming out on top the whole time, regardless of what happens with the score. Coach, um, a couple of weeks back, 
Um, you guys had a very, very, very good game against uh, St. Joseph's where some history was made. Just kind of touch on, you know, what that game you know, meant for you and the team. Well, I think it, when you look at it, I mean, I'm super proud of, of being part of this program, right? And we said that with, with that win. I think just being able to coach this group and, and to be able to have the kind of success that they're having, they've earned it. And I think I'm really proud of our group to be able to feel that moment. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been part of, of this program for a long time that have either played here, that have coached here, that have been associated with this program. And I think for us to achieve that mark of, of 10 wins um, hasn't come easy. And I think it's something that needs to be celebrated. And I think these little milestones that we achieve along the way, and we've achieved you know, quite a few this year already, are, are special. And I think you have to celebrate them. And I think you know, some people might look at it as, hey, it's, it's 10 wins, right? But for us, I mean, certainly we've got loftier goals, and, and we want to do some, some special things here. But I think those milestones are, are what get us there. And I'm just, again, honored to be part of, of this process. I'm really proud of our group who's, who's done it on the ice and continues to do it every day, and I know they have the, the desire to want even more than that, right? So uh, definitely a special moment. I think celebrated it with, you know, a lot of people in our program that were involved, um, but we want more for sure. So that's busy. Yeah. Um, I think just kind of going off of that and adding on to it, um, I agree it's definitely important to celebrate, and I think it just proves, like, how hungry this program and this team is. Um, we've been pushing for that and pushing to beat the record for a really long time and I've only been here for three years but over the course of the time I know that's been you know a really big goal of ours and now that we've accomplished it we want to keep pushing for more. Um, yeah I agree with what both Celeste and Josh said and I think that it's just like it's an honor to be a part of this group and to see where our program has come from and to where it is today and only three years how much has changed and how much we've grown is really awesome to be a part of. Yeah, in terms of you know how I think just practicing our details, kind of like uh, Josh said earlier with stick details, something as small as that, it may not seem like a lot to someone just watching, but it makes a huge difference in a game. So just sharpening up the little things, making sure we have that extra push in ourselves to make sure we're doing all the right things to make us successful. Does the... Um with conference play, you know, the games never get easier, right? So with, with, with knowing that, um, how do you guys plan to approach them from here moving forward? I would say just keeping our composure and playing our structured team game. We all know the structure of our systems. We all know everything pretty much to a T at this point. Um, and we've been practicing it all year. I mean, you show up to the rink every day and you're doing the same systems. And I think just making sure we're sharp in those and just keeping sticking to our game no matter what the outcome of the game is and knowing that these points from here on out are more important than ever. So capitalizing on everyone we can is crucial. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football Contest. Plus, I'll have my predictions for NFL Super Wildcard Weekend in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. So, how are the kids? Well, Emily made the honor roll. Oh, good for her. Yeah, we're really proud of her. 
Tyler, on the other hand, though. What's going on? He's been moody lately, just feeling down and not like himself. Oh, we've been there. Nick was struggling last spring. He was so anxious and stressed. Really? What helped? Well, he joined the soccer team. And ever since, he's been a lot happier. He has more energy, he's less stressed, and he's definitely in a better mood at home. It's made a huge difference. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting out of the house, he's getting some exercise, and he's off his phone for once. It's been good for his mental health. Sounds like it's been good for your mental health, too. Participating in New York high school sports improves students' physical and mental health. Encourage your son or daughter to get involved. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Union College men's hockey head coach Josh Helge. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 18 winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick a Football contest was Joanne Ingersoll of Rotterdam. Joanne wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Joanne. The VIP winner is Tom Catuno of BL's Tavern and Grill. I went 10-6 last week to improve to 173, 96-2. I am a game behind you pick em leader Andrew Krauts of Glenville Beverage. My Gazette colleague Adam Schinder went 12-4. He is 168, 101-2. I'll announce the winner of the You Pick'em Football Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click on the You Pick'em Football banner. My picks for the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend are San Francisco over Seattle, the L.A. Chargers over Jacksonville, Buffalo over Miami, Minnesota over the New York Giants, Cincinnati over Baltimore, and Dallas over Tampa Bay. I just hope I'm wrong on that one. Keep checking out DailyGazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on how COVID-19 is affecting us in the capital region. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with the situation. We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Derek Rowland and members of the Union College men's and women's hockey teams for being a part of the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette company. The Party Shots Podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.